If you would please turn your Bibles to the book of Proverbs. We're going to be looking at chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. And if you're using the Pew Bible, that's found on page 527, Proverbs 1, 1 through 7. So it was about 15 months that it took me to go through one chapter in the book of Romans, Romans chapter 12. So now I plan to preach through the, the book of Proverbs for my evening series. Now if I go at the same rate, there's 31 chapters in Proverbs, and it took me about a year and a half to go through one chapter in Romans, I probably will be on this for the next 50 years or so. But unlike Romans, we're not going to go through this book verse by verse, but rather what we're going to do is we're going to be hitting the, the broad themes in Proverbs. And as, as many of you know, Proverbs is, is a lot different than the most other biblical books, where it's not really just one message, either in a poetic form or a narrative form or or as, a, as a, an epistle form with, with teachings, but rather it's a collection of these loosely collected sayings. And it's disjointed. It bounces uh, around, it repeats itself. So reading through a chapter in Proverbs would hit on many different topics. And I don't think I could preach through a whole chapter in Proverbs. I would be going all over the place to try to, to, try to hit all the different themes. But the nice thing about Proverbs is it lends itself well to these short, focused sermons that I like to do in the evening uh, service. It's also very practical. We're not going to be discussing deep theology, which, which I know at this time I don't have the mental stamina after preaching in the morning this late on the, on the Lord's Day. But rather we're going to discuss things that are, that are practical, that, that apply to everyday living. So today what we're going to do is a quick introduction to the purpose of the book of Proverbs. So Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. Here now the word of the Lord. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning. And the one who understands obtained guidance to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for the book of Proverbs. We thank you for the for these sayings of wisdom, practical living, practical morality. But Lord, we know that we still need your Holy Spirit. Without your spirit, these words will mean nothing. They'll just be words on a page. We will not have them sink to our heart. But we pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will be with us as I am preaching, that your Holy Spirit will be with me. Your Holy Spirit will be with each of us, that we will hear from you. And, Lord, that we will take the wisdom contained in the book of Proverbs to heart and that we will be among the wise. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in the Broadway play Guys and Dolls, one of the characters, Nathan Detroit, offers a, another character, Sky Masterson. He offers him a $1,000 bet that a deli called Mindy's sold more strudel than cheesecake the previous day. And Masterson replies to this offer of bet as follows. He says, let me tell you a story. When I was a young man about to go out into the world, my father says to me a very valuable thing. Son, the old guy says, I am sorry that I am not able to bankroll you a very large start. But not having any potatoes to give you, I'm going to give you some very valuable advice. One of these days in your travels, you are going to come across a guy 
with a nice brand new deck of cards. And this guy is going to offer to bet you that he can make the jack of spades jump out of the deck and squirt cider in your ear. But son, do not take this bet. For if you do, as sure as you are standing there, you are going to end up with an ear full of cider. Another time in the play, Sky was asked if he was in a hurry, and he responded. He said, my daddy always said there's only one time a man should be in a hurry, when the cops are coming up the stairs. So in these two quotes, we see short little statements of wisdom given by a father to his son, and the son can remember and apply these statements in appropriate situations. And here we see Proverbs. Short statements of wisdom that are easy to remember and that can be applied in an appropriate situation. And we know we use them all the time. We know many of them. Loose lips sink ships. The early bird gets the worm. Never go against the Sicilian when death is on the line. (laughs) And unlike these words of wisdom that come from a gambler father to his gambler son or coming from society or coming from movies, the book of Proverbs, as we see in this first verse, is written by King Solomon. King Solomon is the wisest man who ever lived. But even more importantly, we believe that all scriptures God breathed. So these Proverbs ultimately convey not just the wisdom of Solomon, but the wisdom of God himself. And in these first few verses, Solomon gives us the purpose for these Proverbs. And it is to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. In other words, the purpose of Proverbs is to train us how we are to live in this world, train us so we can understand how this world works, and not from a physical perspective, but from rather from a moral perspective. Now, there was a time, and, and probably not too long ago, that the Proverbs would have seemed self-evident in our society. We all knew them. And why do we all do them? The reason we knew them is because we were all trained in them. Parents taught their children from an early age. Even people who were not regenerate, who were not born-again believers, even they recognized the value, recognized the truth in the Proverbs. Even they recognized due to common grace and living in a culture that was founded on biblical principles, even they recognized that these Moral principles are essential to live effective and productive lives in this world. And these Proverbs do not bring about saving knowledge. They don't explicitly proclaim the gospel. They are not the gospel. But this doesn't mean that they have no value. They are God's word. And they are, as scripture teaches us, profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. See, Proverbs helps us to live in this fallen world. They give us insights that make this fallen world just a bit more bearable, a bit more hospitable. And failure to heed these basic principles conveyed in the Proverbs will actually bring about disaster to us personally and corporately as a society. And sadly, sadly, our society is at the point where these self-evident principles are either ignored or despised or or neglected or just simply unknown by many and perhaps even the majority of our culture. And the results of this is tragic. And there is an irrationality gripping our nation, gripping our planet. And this is even true in those who claim to be Christian. And they may be regenerate, I don't know. 
But as we discussed this morning, there are many who claim to be and may actually be born again, but for all intents and purposes, live, act, and think no differently than the pagan. In the Proverbs, they allow us to align ourselves with God's reality. Again, they don't convey the gospel. They don't regenerate us. But they give us the principles that enable us to effectively function in God's reality. And there are three different types of people that are found addressed in Proverbs. We'll see this throughout the study. First of all, we have the simple. The simple. The simple are mentioned in verse 4. And they're sometimes referred to as youth, sometimes referred to as children, sometimes addressed as a father to his son. And the simple are those that lack wisdom. You can think of them simply as as empty containers that, that need to be filled. And these are the young that need to be trained. They need to learn wisdom. And the primary purpose of the Proverbs is to train the simple to become wise. And that leads us to the second group mentioned here. That is the wise. And we see the wise mentioned in verse 5. And these are the ones who've got it. The wise are the ones who the, proper, the, the Proverbs make sense to them. They agree with them. They value them. They value wisdom. And it's tempting to think that if they're wise, they, they don't need the book of Proverbs. They already have it. They already know it. They already agree with it. It's kind of like if, if you're fluent in Spanish, you don't need to, to constantly reread your Spanish one textbook. Me gusta jugar football. That was the first uh, Spanish sentence I learned in seventh grade from Spanish one. I like to play soccer for those of you who are not fluent in Spanish. But this isn't the case with the, with the wise. This is not the case with the Proverbs. Not only do the Proverbs give prudence and, and knowledge and discretion to the simple, they also benefit the wise. Take a look at verses 5 and 6. It says, Let the wise hear and increase in learning. And the one who understands, obtain guidance to understand the proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. See, when the wise hear the Proverbs, they increase in their learning. We may be familiar with the principles. We may agree with the principles. But as we continue to study them, as we continue to read them and, 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 and digest them and internalize them, they become more and more second nature to us. They better help us to recognize them in action and better apply them in what situations. We become like Sky Masterson, able to recognize a situation where we might wind up with cider in our ear. And the wise get wiser when they study the Proverbs. And this is what I hope we will accomplish in these evening services. You all here value Scripture. You wouldn't be in an evening service if you did not value Scripture. You value the Proverbs. And I know many of you frequently read through the Proverbs. And many people will read Proverbs, and, and maybe some of you do it, use it as a devotional. Since there's 31 Proverbs in, in 31 days in the month, you just turn to the day. Today's the 21st. You turn to Proverbs chapter 21. You read that verse or that, that chapter as a devotion. I know many of you do that. I've done that frequently. See, the wise get wiser from the Proverbs. And the goal is for the simple then to become wise through the Proverbs. But the simple are not really a stable group. You've got the wise, they're stable. They, they, they've, they're, they're mature, they've grown in the faith. But the, the, the simple are unstable. They're an empty container. And what's an empty container like? An empty container needs to be filled with something. And the goal is that we fill this empty container with God's wisdom found in the Proverbs. 
and that they can then go from being simple to becoming wise. But that's not always the case. Sometimes they allow themselves to be filled with that which is not from God. They allow themselves to be filled with evil motives, motives and, and evil desires. And sadly, the, the simple, through slothful neglect or sinful distractions, often reject godly wisdom. And then they become the third group addressed in the Proverbs, and that is the fool. And we see the fool at the end of verse 7. And it's important for us to understand that the fool is not the same as the ignorant. The fool is not the same as the simple. See, the ignorant and the simple, they, they lack knowledge. They lack information. And the solution for them is to be taught. The fool is much worse. The fool is not only lacks knowledge and wisdom and instruction, but as we see at the end of verse 7, it says, the fools despise wisdom and destruction. Instruction. You see, the fool hates wisdom. The fool is not just, for, for being a fool is not just an intellectual manner. It's a moral manner. It's a manner of the heart. A fool doesn't need more information. What he needs is a change in his heart. Giving new information to a wise person will make that person even more wise. Giving information to a fool will often only enrage him and open him, open yourself up for abuse. Social media is filled with many fools, is it not? This is why attempts to have rational and civil discussions about different perspectives is nearly impossible. Because giving new information only enrages the fool. Because it goes against what they want to, their echo chamber that they want to hear. And the tragedy of the fool is that apart from divine intervention, he cannot change. He's doomed to become more and more hardened, more and more bitter against the truth. And these are the three types of people we see in the book of Proverbs, the simple, the wise, and the fool. And throughout our study in the book of Proverbs, we will see how our actions in a specific situation will be different, depending on whether we are interacting with the simple, the wise, or a fool. And lastly, I want to look at the theme verse of the book of Proverbs. The foundational principle that underlies every single proverb is found in this theme verse. And understanding this verse is essential if we are to become wise and not become a fool. And we see this foundational principle in chapter 1, verse 7, and then it's stated a little differently in chapter 9, verse 10. And I'm going to read both of these. So chapter 1, verse 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And 9.10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, wisdom and knowledge are not the same thing, but both, both are foundational. Both the fear of the Lord is foundational. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of both knowledge and of wisdom. So what does this mean? What does it mean, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom? What does the fear of the Lord mean? Well, first of all, the fear of the Lord, as we've discussed often, does not refer to abject terror. The fear of the Lord is not like a person who has a fear of spiders or a fear of heights or a fear of getting cancer. The fear of the Lord is to understand who we are and who God is. The fear of the Lord recognizes that he is perfectly holy. He is totally sovereign. He is perfectly good. And that he is the most awesome. He is the most beautiful, the most desirable thing in all the universe. And for those who hate God, those who oppose him, rebel against him, the fear of the Lord is the most horrible fear imaginable because God is the most terrifying and most fearsome thing in all the universe. There is no place that we can hide from God. There is no one who can oppose God. 
There is no one who can protect us from the wrath of God other than God himself. And this is what it means to fear the Lord. So how is the fear of the Lord the beginning of wisdom and knowledge? Well, it means that we need to understand that God is the source of all knowledge. God is the source of all wisdom. And apart from him, we can know nothing. See, failure to acknowledge God, failure to fear God, failure to recognize that he alone is the fountain of all things, including wisdom and knowledge, failure to acknowledge that our very ability to think, our very very ability to perceive wisdom comes from God. In him we live and move and have our being. Failure to fear God makes us fools. And isn't this what we are seeing in our world today? We have become fools because we fail to fear God. Our world is, for the most part, out of touch with God's reality. Our world does not fear God. And God has been removed, really, from our culture. He's, he's not allowed out of our churches. The, the culture says you can worship, you can do that silly little God thing in your churches in private, but not here in the public. You cannot do this in the public. And the vast majority of our, of our civilization is educated in government-run schools where God has been banned. There is no fear of God. And if the fear of God is the beginning of knowledge and the beginning of wisdom, how can any knowledge, how can any wisdom be conveyed in these schools that by force of law exclude any acknowledgement of God? Is it any wonder that our culture is filled with fools and, and reaping the nat- natural consequences of this foolishness. And we are so deceived. We are deceived because we have technology and because we have material prosperity. And both of these, both of these are only possible because of a Christian worldview. Our technology and our prosperity come from the wise who came before us, come from those who who came before us, who feared the Lord, who understood the principles, both the physical laws and the moral laws, by which God rules his universe. And by working in harmony with these principles, these physical laws, these moral laws, those wise ones of generations past built the foundations that were able to produce the technology and the prosperity that we now enjoy. But sadly, we are like spoiled kids, spoiled rich kids, living off the wealth produced by their hard work and the values of their parents and grandparents, enjoying the fruit of this labor, all the while despising the values that produced that fruit. So how long could this society last? How long can we live off past capital? And without divine intervention, without a a spiritual revival, I fear a grim future for our country. And that is why it is essential for us to study the book of Proverbs, as Christians to understand Proverbs. Because it's only by regaining a working knowledge of God's wisdom as taught in Proverbs, and this is both for Christians and non-Christians, but as Christians we have to lead the way, only this will be able to prevent us or perhaps slow down this decay of our civilization. So this is what we're going to be doing. This is what we're going to be looking through as we go through Proverbs over however long. In the next couple of months or the next 50 years, however long it takes us to get through Proverbs, that's what we're going to do. We're going to try to get this, this wisdom and, and, and internalize this wisdom in our lives. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the book of Proverbs. And Father, I do pray. I pray, Lord, that each one of us will internalize 
the wisdom that is found in this book and then apply it. Apply it in this world that we can help slow down, prevent this rate of decay that our civilization is facing. That we can be salt and light in this dying world. We pray that you will be seen and you will be glorified. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.